Hello and welcome back into the Long Shot Podcast. We have a very special guest, a repeat guest. Is this our second repeat performance? Yeah, it is. George. George made it before you did. George that did beat you to the punch. Uh, but we got Moritz Wagner, Wagner. Victor Moritz Wagner, uh, back on the show, friend of the program, friend of the hosts of the program, uh, really just a part of the Longshot family and the Longshot community. Moritz, thank you for being back here with us. Yeah, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. No, I'm, ex- it's, I'm uh, excited to be here, man. The pleasure is is all ours. You know, you hosted, in a way, uh, the first one. Well, Davis actually hosted our, our first rendition, yeah, that's but true. it's actually your house. So, in a way... We discussed that in the last podcast. Yeah, but you yeah. hosted it. But Not really. I felt, I felt like it was my turn uh, to return the favor, and I'm now hosting. We're down in Miami. We just played you on Sunday of this week. Uh, a nice little Florida matchup, your Miami Heat versus the Orlando Magic. Eventful basketball. It, it was. was it, it, was an, it was an eventful we game. We went for a, um, a franchise record and missed it. So What was the record? We won one three short of the franchise record for threes. Ooh. And if you watch the last four minutes, literally every shot is a three-point attempt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, we were very aware. No, that was a good game, though. Who, I mean, we lost. but Who wanted to win that game more? Do you think? Or let like between the teams. I mean, the Miami Heat always wanna. Yeah. Win. What are you? That was a loaded question. Are you saying to... that the Magic aren't? Yeah. That was no, weird. I'm looking at you. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I can't. I can't speak <laughs> for the Magic. Like the Miami Heat are different just, in that sense. I just know what goes on in our locker room, and we try to win every game we suit up for. I can't speak to the Magic. Oh, sure. And I'm not trying to throw shade on your organization. No, it sounds like. I mean, mean, it was a. It, it was a I'm not going to stand that. I'm I mean, it was a unique. That. It was a unique experience because those like end of season games are always a little funky. Um, I've we, been in both sides. My first year is weird. Yeah, we didn't. We like weren't making the playoffs. We were statistically eliminated or whatever. When Melo shot out of the stands. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we played in that. Brooklyn, and I played like 40 yeah. minutes. Um, Fun fact, I mean, we've talked about this, but I was the last person to catch a Dwayne Wade lob. That's true. So we're playing bingo at home, long shot bingo, and a D-Wade or Duncan Dunk attempt was on your scorecard. Congratulations. Uh, That has officially been checked off. But, uh, no, those games are always a little weird. I will say, though, Mo, you were – in your bag, like the fries at the bottom, uh, highlighted by a just vicious baseline (laughs) reverse dunk. Um, And I had a unique angle of that one because I was – you were supposed to be the help side. <laughs> oh, no, no, I was not. I was not supposed to be pulled over. I was up at the top of the key, and uh, I had seen that movie before. That baseline. Like, you only have – you have, like, a couple dunks in your repertoire. One is, like, the two-foot kind of, like, Tim Duncan-esque, like, one hand just kind of, like, rim pull down. The other one is kind of, like, the, the slingshot where you bring it out. They're all deceiving. Like, it's not that athletic. Yes. Yeah. No, but it, but that one actually was – that reverse one I've seen uh, you do a bunch. And what I liked about it was that was a little unique is you kind of hung on the rim a little bit. I did. And you kind of yeah. just – you got physical with it there at the end. Solar shrug, uh, you know. Yeah, which was a nice touch. Appreciate uh, I didn't that. appreciate you staring down my teammate like that. I didn't stare anyone down. I, I'm done with that. I, I don't talk stuff anymore. You know, I don't curse. I'm a, I'm a changed man. <laughs> what, what has caused this revelation? Uh, a, a combination of things. Uh, I will say I've been held accountable. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, which is, is a great thing. Um, so I've had help in that department. Um, several people, coaches, front office, teammates as well, family. Wow, seems like it really Ooh. took a group effort. <laughs> yeah, it is a group effort. I mean, now I live it with takes a, team- a village. You know, it takes. A I village. live with a teammate together, uh, with Franz. So he'll make fun of me too sometimes. There's a clip of me supposedly flopping in L.A. against Hardenstein. Hardenstein. I don't think that was supposed. That no, was- that was. I had a. I had a bump on my on my forehead. You I don't think believe there's some pretty clear visual evidence. You may have gotten hit, but it was for sure. Oh, I dramatic. Drama- yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But Franz couldn't even help himself and laughed on television. And they <laughs> they filmed him. It's a great clip. They cut straight to him, and yeah, he's just yeah, laughing at you. He puts his yes. head in the towel. So, and then another point was there a couple altercations this year, and we talked about it the last podcast, but um, my phone blows up when these things happen. And it bothers me to the core because 
people don't really text me that much when I play well. I mean, some do, right? But like, I hate when people only, that people care when I like talk shit to Luka Doncic. And it's not that big of a deal in my life, so I want to be known as a good basketball player, not as an asshole, you know? So I guess that's that's something. That I, I do want to talk about the Luka one because that was such vintage Mo Wagner. It, that was that so. was a Mo Wagner that I've seen in pickup so many times. Yeah. <laughs> of when you're just – like, because you didn't, you didn't even get the basket. No, I was, <laughs> your, teammate, your teammate got the basket. I will say I was happy for Jalen Sucks. He had he had been hurt. We were down thirty in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I'm not even sure why Luca's on the court at this point. And Jalen Sucks attacks Luca in a transition, and I told him to push it because they had Luca on him. And he, you, why would you? Well, I could have said the same thing about okay, you. So. Right. <laughs> and he scored, and he scores. And he has an and one. I was just very happy for Jalen because he had a, a rough couple weeks with his injury yeah and he was right there and i yelled and luca got pissed about it which i would hate myself too i'll be honest with you but i didn't want to like start a whole thing i'm sorry about that i don't what do you what do you say to you i don't know so okay funny story about that now that you asked me the whole clip the whole blow up he didn't talk to me i didn't turn around i didn't lock eyes with him one time he actually was talking to one of my teammates about that and the camera caught him, and everybody thought he was talking to me. The, the cry mm. thing? Yeah, the cry thing. That wasn't towards me, which better Oh, the cry be. thing wasn't directed no, at you? No, it better won't be. It actually wasn't. Are we I sure? Didn't, 100%. You can, you, can ask, you can ask my teammates. I won't call them out, but you can ask my teammates. No, I believe you. I'm not a professional lip reader, but it also I, it seemed like there was a who the fuck are you. And he knows who I am because we played in the Olympics against each other, so that would be right. weird. Right. Or he was trying to be disrespectful, I guess, but I I don't think he would do that to me. I just I believe that for me I have to believe it, otherwise I can't fall asleep. For me, whenever I see you have these interactions, we can call them, um, it actually it gives me a sense of like feeling at home in a way, <laughs> because I've I've experienced it firsthand so many times, and I I actually know what it's like to be Luka Doncic in that moment to just be like you know in a pickup game or something it would probably lead to like me throwing the ball at you or or something like that but you have this ability in a you know nationally televised game to just really get people to like step out of their their what's comfortable to them which actually is a skill I I legitimately think it's and I know you don't try it I know you're done I know you're like you said change man all these things you're trying to break down uh, that reputation. The other one, by the way, the DeMar DeRozan one, I thought you were that was just a good good transition foul. For the record. Appreciate it. I'm that. on your side on that one. And I told you that when it happened. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean I don't I don't think that was a real thing. Right. And uh, stuff happens, right? Like the game you can't really control it. David and I talked about it, like how much energy it costs me in games to like not say certain words, not go to the referee and talk. Like it's it's one of the hardest things to me, the emotional part of basketball and the game itself, the game within the game. It's I, I spend so much energy on that rather than like getting shots up. Uh, it costs me way more energy. So um, it's definitely something where I want to grow without giving you a media answer. But I do take that very serious because particularly after that DeMar DeRozan incident, I was pissed because – like, people text me, like, you're acting like Dennis Rodman. I don't want to do that. I want to play basketball really well, and I want to make my name for that, you know? And I want to develop in that point on the, uh, that point in the game and not pissing people off. It, yeah. goes to, it goes to how hard it is to break a stereotype, Yeah, I think. And I've done my part. Like, I'm not innocent, right? Like, I've done my part in that. But like, the DeRozan foul is an example of yeah. that wasn't anything. Yeah. Well, he also slapped his hand away, so it was nothing. But I, I see what you're saying, but I'm not innocent in that department. I, I, that, I fucked that up. Well, I think, I think part of the challenge is, too, is that I think the fact that you play with emotion and have this chip and this passion is part of what makes you a player. Exactly. Like, I, like who you are, it, it's part of what separates you. Like, I remember – I think it was maybe your first real workout or practice at Michigan. And it's like, you weren't like dirty or like starting altercations, but like right from the get, you were like 
screaming and like beating your chest and Mark like was beating my ass yeah <laughs> like no but like let it like letting people know that you were there like i'm yeah. here and yeah. i think that's part of what competitively separates you in a lot of ways so it's like like you said you're you're trying to like turn this page but it's also just finding a way to like channel it in a, in a productive way right word, yeah exactly yeah. and optimize it right like and optimize it in a way of okay i know my role and i i'll improve that but yeah, I I make a conscious effort after that game to kind of talk to the referees less, talk to other players less, relax in timeouts. Don't always be the one to speak up, which I might sound to a hypocrite to some of my teammates because I'm still talkative, like you said. I still yell, yeah. but um, I make a concerned effort to to do it less. Here's something interesting he said. Uh, by the way, we road tripped here last night. Yeah. So we've had we had three hours in we the should car. We should have podcast that. Yeah, we should have been fun. I did not. I was not a part of we that. We should have just put up a camera. Yeah, no, 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 he wasn't. But um, we had a lot. Working we, out. You know, road trips are the best. We had a lot of time to talk about everything. But one thing you mentioned that I thought was interesting is he said he's made a concerted effort to not learn referees' names this year. Yeah, so he true. can't speak to them as much. Yeah. So what they do is they send us the – I mean, they do that with yeah. you. They always give us names. And I do not look at it like aware, being aware of that I won't know the rain. Some refs, you know, right. but like I, some of them, I I just don't do it. And it, it sucks sometimes because you can't talk to them. <laughs> you can't like actually talk to them because I don't know your name and I apologize. I've been knowing you for four years. I've been interacting with you for four years. I still don't know your name. But it's good because then I can't go to them and talk to them. And it actually has made a difference. Do you feel like, because something I've noticed with myself, right, is that when I get out on the court and I'm kind of like in my own head too much and I'm not speaking and I'm thinking that it actually takes away from my game. Like I'm less like engaged, whereas like when I'm talking and, and I'm talking, it's kind of like that act your way into feeling like, you know, talking through where you're supposed to be on the floor, talking through actions, doing that sort of stuff, just immediately kind of activates your body, your mind, everything. Have you found it? And I, and I know once again, you're not talking less because I or maybe a little bit less relatively, but in the grand scheme of things, knowing you, Obviously, you're yeah. still talking a yeah, lot, 100%. but have you found that like, cause like your best version is still the Mo yeah. who's like, I won't be quiet. No, right. It won't, it won't happen. So have you, have you found that, you haven't been able to be like maybe as engaged when you're like choosing not to have conversations with refs, do those sort of things, or does it not really impact it's, you? It's interesting that you say that. And as you speak about it, like I, I, I have to think about it in a different way because I work in a different way almost. Like if I'm thinking too, I mean, same as you, if I'm thinking too much, it takes away from my game. But I, I remember games, Devin Kennedy is a great example. He came in, Late this season, he had, he had a really bad injury last year. Actually, yeah. the day I signed with the Magic, it was all hectic because it was like a, I don't know, bad injury and everybody was like nervous and he got carted out of there and I got in for my physical at halftime and every doctor was like overwhelmed. Damn. And so, I, Devin Kennedy, I know more about him than he knows about me. So when he came back, I was like, yo, this is kind of funny to me like now, now you here now we're playing together and he's one of those guys that has a lot of energy yeah i could tell like, like that was the first time i played against him on sunday but he's like yeah. constantly talking constantly, constantly in positive energy to his teammates especially which i love and that's one of the things i do too but there were games where i was in my head a little bit and just couldn't get out of it and i couldn't match that energy when he was coming up to me i was like actually picking up on the fact that oh, i Usually I'm that, and I love that, and I cannot replicate that right now. Um, and that's what I, I struggle with too when I'm in my head and I, I'm, with, I'm, I'm like busy with myself too much rather than with my teammates or put my energy towards my teammates. Hey, let's do this together. And, or let, let me just play, do it that way. I play to avoid and not to do something, to achieve something, you know, like I, I'm scared or like I'm in my head too much. And, um, definitely, it's a little. It, it expresses itself a little bit different than for you, I think. But it's definitely a thing too. No, I think. Uh, well, first of all, one thing I noticed just playing against you guys on Sunday is you guys do have a special. It seems this is outside looking in, 
but there is a, a connection amongst players there, sure. which you don't. I feel like you don't always see in young teams, especially late in the year. Like the last game of the season, you guys are obviously you, you had been eliminated from playoff contention, and in theory, you're not playing for anything, right? But it didn't feel that way at all. One, which I think is a hard thing to cultivate. And two, it felt like there was genuine camaraderie there, um, which I think so. is another thing that's really difficult to, cult to cultivate for a young team when you have so many guys that are trying to prove themselves, trying to find their way in the league because it's hard not to look from, to the person sitting next to you and think of them as competition because you're both trying to emerge and make a name and, and do those sort of things. Um, I know you've only been – this is your first full season in Orlando, but – does that feel accurate? Like 100%. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting that you say that about young teams because there is this point where I look at other young, team, young teams in the league. Um, people think there's no competition on young teams, but I actually like would make the, the statement that there's more competition because the roles aren't as defined and the team chemistry or the team roles aren't defined in the sense of, okay, what does a championship – potentially team potentially look like so people don't even know what their role is going to be in five four years whatever it takes right um, and I think that's a big challenge because t players think they can get in there and say I'm gonna get my buckets but a GM looks at that team and say hey I don't need you to get buckets in five years I need you to perfect your role as a bench player that comes off the bench and gives you 15 to 20 minutes with high energy shooting threes and doing great decisions and I don't need you to score 20 points and get 10 rebounds. Like, I don't need you to have that mindset. You need to perfect this role right now, even if that means that you're a younger player who plays less than another younger player. And I think that's something that took a while for me to understand too. And But they've done a really good job over there with that. Um, and it's a great group of guys. I think that we're young helps because we have the same interests. We're all on the same level of our career. So it's it's easy to identify with each other, um, and it's probably a whole different dynamic than in your locker room, obviously. Um, but there, there's the sense of okay, we're trying to grow something organically. That's going to take time. So even though that's the last game of the season, like that's not the time frame we look at. We look at the, these next two, three years as our season, if that makes sense. It does, and, and I think a lot of that starts with communication. And just in talking to you, that sounds like something that's been pretty thorough in the organization in terms of whether it be coaching staff, front office, like speaking directly with you about like, look, wrap your mind around this is what we envision you being. And I mean, seemingly that particularly like halfway point on that really stabilized things for you and it allowed you to wrap your mind around, okay, this is my role. This is what I need to bring. This is what I need to be held accountable to. Uh, because it is, I, I think it is really challenging when, you know, like you said, you're not, if you're not winning games, exactly that, there's no reason to think that anybody should be locked into any sort of role. Like everything's almost kind of fluid in a sense. Cause it's like, all right, even if you're playing well, like we're not winning. So a change could always be imminent. And without communication in that context, I think it would be really, really challenging to be like, okay, well, why is this guy going out and shooting whatever times a game? It's not like we're winning. Um, but it, it does seem like the communication aspect has like stabilized things, at least for you individually. Yeah, I, I can obviously only speak for myself, but it has for sure. And obviously there's a certain urgency too, like – we were talking last year on the couch and during the summer I had just been waived. You know, like I understand that they're like this is my fourth year in the league. If this year wouldn't have worked out in a way, like who knows? So um, there's an urgency for me to, even though I'm very young still, to understand it quick because the window does close if you don't figure it out at some point. And um, I've been very lucky that those coaches helped me accountable front office as well. And they are very direct with communication. I want that too. I need that. Like, I I told Coach Mose, like you can yell at me. It's okay. Like, I I can take that, and I need it sometimes too. Um, and <laughs> we've been going with that pretty well. <laughs> I'm no, I'm serious. I, it's been a great year, and um, obviously, it's n nothing is perfect. And sometimes you go home, just got your ass beat by fifty, and you're like, what are we doing here? 
and it's seemingly there's no process or progress for like weeks but you you got to keep the long-term picture and just understand that this is very valuable for young players and you just got to kind of trust it are you a voice in the locker room in orlando because the you, you just said uh, you're still a young player and it's true but the average career is what four and a half years four four and a half years which you're now going into year five you guys both are so my season's not over, so I'm not going into year five. Okay, you will so. be going. You're going into year five. You at some point will be going into year five. Yeah. But you now have, especially in Orlando, because like we've talked about, they're so young. You're a veteran in that locker room. Yeah, I mean it's it is weird to think of that as such because, um, I'm 24, but um, so we were you're look- seasoned 24 though. Nice. You know, yeah. you're you're nice. you're a young vet. A I wise twenty four. Well, I will say that I wouldn't say I mean a voice in the locker room in the sense of that I'm not afraid to speak up. I would say, but I will say that there's this uh, this sense of that that's something I could grow into, you know, and that that is part of the role that I could grow into long term, and that I've um, been held accountable towards that too. How I speak with my teammates, what I say, when I speak. Um, because if you always talk, pe- you become less credible, and I've learned that too. It's the first year where I like consciously shut up sometimes because it carries more power than when you say something all the time. Um, so these are things that I've learned this year too, and it, it might not translate this year, but like for me, it, it's a sense that that might be a role that in the, within the next two three years I could do with more years under my belt. I mean, this is year four, so um, but. I look at my team, and I was the fourth oldest. It was Robin Lopez, Terrence Ross, Gary Harris, and then me, which is crazy Damn. to think that Jonathan, Isaac, Mark Kale, these guys are younger than me, but they are. So it's pretty impressive for uh, to them. Um, it, when talking about sometimes not speaking up, I believe it was the, uh, the great urban philosopher Aubrey Graham, a.k.a. Drake, who said a wise man once said nothing at all. Um, so there's a little, there's a little nice. food for thought out Way there, that. and that's gonna wrap it up. For this. Uh, no, I actually I want to uh, I want to transition uh, as much as I love talking about the magic. Really yeah, do. no, let's, let's, <laughs> let's move on. I want to talk about not so much your experience, but I want to like just open this up to the room, to the mm. table. Um, the NLI stuff, and NIL. What is it? You were close. NIL. I was close. I'm uh, somewhat. Uh, what's it called when you mix things up again? Confused? <laughs> no. Uh, dyslex- dyslexic. Yikes. God, are you okay? Tough little stretch. Tough Joey. little stretch. Tough stretch for me. Um, the NIL stuff. I was thinking about it. If you, if NIL was around when we were at Michigan, you would have made an absolute killing. So, like, you really would have. And I, and I was thinking about it in the context of Hunter Dickinson. Uh, really good, really good basketball player. He's in a very unique situation because there's a chance that if he returns to Michigan, he could make more money next year than he would if he opted to become a professional. I think you're speaking for at least 50% of people that think about returning to college, right? Or like more, 50%. I mean, yeah, but let's just use yeah. Michigan and the uh, place we're familiar with as the example, because I think it's easier for us to speak to it. But, like, would that have impacted your decision at all from sophomore to junior year? Sorry, I didn't junior expect to that. senior year. I did not expect that question, but I can confidently say no because that was never a thing for me, going to the NBA because of money. It wasn't about the money, huh? It wasn't. Oh, just the love of the game. Just the love of the game. <laughs> no, 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 but uh, seriously. Uh, oh, fuck out of here. I know that's so corny, right? Uh, but but then why wait that doesn't make any sense though because i remember you having the conversation of there's a pretty good chance i could be a first round pick why would i come back all right let me ask you this when you play in you in your hoop in the backyard did you no, think about no. being but that's not because was my that, childhood dream i didn't go fuck what number right, was but your childhood dream would have been there the following year too i don't think so that was the no, it wouldn't have been. I mean, after a national championship run that he was the face so of. So it was less of, it was less the of. stock was high. It was less, yeah, the stock, it was about evaluating the stock. It, it was, was about striking while the, the iron money. was hot. Well, yeah. Interesting. I, w- I would, well, I mean, I'm kind of surprised by that because, first of all, the NIL stuff, 
who's who's so mad about that is France <laughs> because he yeah. missed out on one year and he always talks about it for me I never really thought about it but I also think France and I France said this I I'm not sure if this is true but we wouldn't have been able to make money there's probably some language barrier <laughs> funny dude <laughs> <laughs> I still struggle with that here now um, I could see you trying to do like a spot on some commercial and then just having to do like 35 different takes <laughs> for like a German restaurant yeah maybe. just dubbing it all the way down to like <laughs> like please the, come visit us this, <laughs> you know the Liberty Mutual guy that did the bad actor yes look out for the commercial right, <laughs> that's yeah. me no um, because of our visa because it won't let us work it's a student visa, so we wouldn't we wouldn't oh. have been able to. I don't know how the rules there, but you remember that camp where I couldn't work for Coach Beeline? Yes. And I sat by the tunnel so the university could yeah. give me some money for being there. I remember that. Yeah. That's so right. the visa kind of complicates things, um, but I never thought about it, man. I, I love Michigan, so I don't. We we basically in the summer the players would work Coach Beeline's basketball camps, but Mo couldn't work for Coach Beeline because they were his camps. So he had to like be security or something like. So the university hired me yeah, to be so security of the camp. Yeah, and I was sitting. It was basically a way to like. I mean, totally legitimate. It was, yeah, it was yeah. like a loophole. But to you're working the system. Make sure you could get well, some money. Well, if that can happen, then you could get. Well, paid I by. was. We were BSing. Let's be real. I was in there and watching Netflix because ain't nobody walking through the Blavin Tunnel. All right. Dave, I'm back to talk some more about Athletic Greens. Basically, has become the favorite part of my morning. Wake up, put a little in some cold water, maybe squeeze a little bit of lemon juice in there, uh, and it just sets a tone for the whole day. Clean energy, gut health, any multivitamin you could ever imagine is basically fit into there. Uh, it's everything you'd ever want in terms of starting your day off right. And it's fully cemented itself into my morning routine, whether I'm at home or on the go. They have these awesome little to-go packets that you can just pop in your bag and just take on the move. And uh, I am firmly committed to Athletic Greens, and it's not going anywhere. I went out to brunch the other day, and I brought a packet of my Athletic Greens to put in the water at the table. And I got some judgmental looks from the party that I was with, but I had to explain to them, this is such a part of my routine now that I can't even fathom going a day without my athletic greens. I've been down here in Florida for a week. I brought my travel packets with me because the thought of not starting a day with athletic greens is one that terrifies me. It's almost become a form of currency. People now that come and visit my home, they just steal my athletic greens. They take my packs and do all this sort of stuff um, because it's just that good and, and once you try it it you legitimately feel the difference so right now you have an opportunity to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition especially now that we're kind of wrapping up flu and cold season uh those types of viruses and impediments tend, tend to kind of stick around a little bit great word um but all you have to do is just one scoop and a cup of water every day that's it it's simple and uh, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash longshot. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash longshot to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Where do you guys stand on, you think NIL is generally a good thing for college basketball yeah 100%. absolutely I, is that even a take i mean you, i guess some people are like if you oh, can drive getting, if you can drive a ferrari down state street why not no, i agree <laughs> i agree i guess some people the take is what now with the transferring and the nil like it's just getting so out of hand yeah that, it's like, a professional sport it's going to become yeah. professional yeah. i mean but it but it is anyways. Like, I agree. We take private billion flights, dollar industry. show up at 4 a.m. and they expect us to go to 8 a.m. class. Like it's, it already is. That's how we're treated. Were so. you? I was just having this conversation the other day. Someone was telling me that like walk-ons at these big programs. I'm talking are still KU, are still getting like 30, 40 k yeah. in a year. What was uh? That is, so, that is so much money. Yeah, we were we were just with that. Uh, we won't name names, but we were with a uh, a Power Five assistant coach, and he said that one through fifteen will make at least like 35 to 50K. Like yeah. that's the minimum if you're able to put on our, a jersey for our university. Like part of me is like happy that we didn't do that because 
we probably would have been in trouble. Like I like no one's like forty grand as like a twenty eighteen year old. So here's my question. I remember it was a huge oh, deal. Mo like saved up enough money. I think it was maybe his sophomore year to buy this scooter. Sure to what? <laughs> to buy this scooter like a moped. <laughs> oh yeah. And he would wear uh, a baseball helmet. Oh, yeah. No, first you didn't wear a helmet at all, and I think Coach B found out that you weren't wearing a helmet. So instead of, you know, the, the logical thing, like you're just going to get like a normal helmet, Mo had a friend on the baseball team. Mm. So he he borrowed a baseball helmet that had a big block <laughs> M on it. So you had this seven-foot German dude just cruising down State Street on a moped that he was way too big for with that, a baseball helmet. That one was flying, though. And <laughs> one thing about that story, uh, I got to just shout out my guy, Andrew Jensen. because So I got in trouble for driving the scooter. Coach, we had the scooter rule when he – found out that I drive the scooter because it was unsafe. He said, we can only ride the scooter on Sundays, which is basically saying <laughs> you can't ride the scooter at all. So he called Wait, me. Why? It was the thought that there's like less traffic on Sundays? No, he's basically just picking a random day. Just say, don't, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I can go to church, I guess. I don't know. Right. But <laughs> so, of course, I still took the scooter to school and stuff. I don't care. So one day he actually caught me because he was going with a golf cart oh, and dear. crossed me. And I had to run after, you don't remember that? In the summer, I had to run the gauntlet um, in front of everybody by myself. I don't remember 17s. I got in trouble. I killed that, by the way. But I got in trouble for having a scooter. And then that practice, Andrew Jensen, <laughs> loved him, our, one of our best managers ever. He, uh, uh, I sold him the scooter for 300 bucks. And then uh, he wrote What a deal for him. That's great. a great deal. <laughs> but listen to that. So I trust him with the scooter. He had it for like a couple months. And then he left college eventually too. Gave it to some friend. That friend gave it to another friend. Last year, I get a call. By the way, I've been out of college five years. Four years? Whatever. I, I haven't seen that scooter in five years. I get a call from some, uh, I don't know, random and Arbor number about my vehicle being impounded. And there's a, a $1,400 fee um, because they try to reach people. They try to – people that claim it, they put it in their newspapers for, like, months. Nobody claimed it, and they just found it in State Street. <laughs> they had to impound it. Did you have to pay the fee? Of course. I paid $1,400 <laughs> fee. Oh, no. I Wait, almost, so what did you The scooter is the gift what? that keeps on giving. Love and to I wanted it. to slap the shit out of Andrew. I'll tell you that much. What would you buy it for? Let's not make this. Math. You sell it for three hundred, and then you gotta pay another eight hundred. I, I was gonna say because I shortly after he got one, I was like, "All right, well, this is cool. Like, I want one too." So I went. So Duncan got a Jeep. So <laughs> no logic. No, no I. So Duncan went to his mom, and his mom leased him a Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I made the fucking payments for that Jeep. <laughs> that was the logical Don't logical reason. <laughs> You just big ball me and said, hey, you got a Japanese no. scooter for 800 bucks. I'm going to get a Jeep. I had a scooter too. <laughs> I bought I bought a used scooter for $600 and it broke down on me a week later. Um, really? <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, and I sold it back to the guy for $300. Sounds like so a I just, So I just like, otherwise I was going to have to bring it to some shop and then get it fixed and it just wasn't going to work. You took a spill on that scooter, didn't you? I did take a spill, yeah. I remember there was, a, that was in the summer. Uh, remember that soccer game came to the big house and that was amazing. Yeah. It was like Chelsea versus, I think we uh, met Zidane. Real, yeah. We met Zidane. And, cool. uh, I was going down, you know, there's some Hills in Ann Arbor and it would just rained and I took a legitimate spill. Oh, I like I had like road rash yeah, all down my leg, but the worst part was, is I couldn't tell any of the training staff <laughs> how it had happened or what had happened. So I would just like, I'd had to wear like leggings and sleeves, like, until it healed, because otherwise someone would be like, well, how did I do that happen? I do remember And that. I would have had to lie. Um, Let's just sum up. We didn't have the best yeah, I mean, <laughs> stories scooter, with scooters. scooters probably. That being said, if I had a son, I would prohibit him of using a scooter, or a daughter, obviously. Um, I would prohibit him using a scooter. That, it's not safe. I don't understand. So Coach B had some ground to stand on. It yeah, 100%. Like, I mean, it's, I didn't have a helmet, and I was going 50 up State Street with a thing that was with a two-wheeler in the winter, like, slippering streets, everything. Like, that's stupid if you look at it that way. So I would not recommend getting a scooter at any, any cost. I, I paid agree. my money for it. I paid my price. I agree. But speaking of uh, scooters, highly recommend everyone watch the Tony Hawk documentary. <laughs> 
Unbelievable <laughs> television. Just had a Seriously, have you watched it? You told me and I downloaded it on my iPad. I mean, we don't need to stay on. I'm just I, quick plug. I almost just want to go on a just 15 minute soliloquy about how it's just must watch TV. Uh, Tony yeah. Hawk, one of the elite talents of. So I don't think bad. he's our generation, but in a way he was because when definitely I, not. When, well, like I'm not the same generation as him, but when he was at his peak was during my most formative years. Tony Hawk Pro Skater? Yeah. Tony Hawk Pro through, Skater 2. Have you seen that YouTube video of his house no. in San Diego? Highly recommend it. Skate park in the backyard? Bro. Well, Insane. First off, I, I just I want to unpack a couple things. We don't need to stay all right, Tony all right. Hawk. You know, we'll do that in the follow-through. You yeah, should just we'll talk so. to Tony Hawk. So. You should have a category there. talking about like movies or other podcasts, talk shit, yeah, like something like actually. that. Like a, a movie of the week. Hey, speaking of which, week. actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it, the pace here. Have you read any good books recently? Nice. I Seriously. It. Yeah, How look at us. This book club I know over you're, a bit, you're a big reader, so. Mm, any did, wisdom you want to share? So I did. I, I absolutely love the Will Smith um, the Will Smith book he, he, he wrote. Timely as well. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to bring it up because of that. I, wrote, I, I read it uh, way before that, but I, I'm not a big reader. And I read that in four days, five days. It's a pretty big book. It, that was impressive. And he did a great job about that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that. Just the self No, That I was really impressive on my part. I read it. I I read it. No, no, no. Impressive of him, not on me. Uh, felt like it's an impressive just, book. I was just going to say, careful. I don't want you to hurt yourself by patting yourself on the back like that. I wouldn't. Yeah. No, no. It, it was, it was uh, fun to read. But other than that, I'm not sure if talking what about was, books. What was the, the takeaway you've had from that book? First of all, this might is a little embarrassing, but I didn't know Will Smith was a rapper before his acting Bro, career. Bro, what? I, I had no clue. I Welcome guess that just kind of get lost Miami. in my American. Yeah, true. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I, mean, I guess that got lost. I'm Getting jiggy to... with it? Nah, nah, yeah. nah, nah. I mean, nah, I know nah, now. Nah. Hey. Nah, 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 nah. Getting jiggy, jiggy with it. I knew the song. I didn't know it was him. Ah. Um, but no, you learn a lot of stuff about it. It's good. Highly recommend it. Looking at my screen. Yeah. Sometimes Davis will just randomly Google things. Check during, Twitter for some Miami episode. Heat. Yeah. Well, I said earlier, Miami I said average news. career length was four to five, uh, four and a half. So you just fact checked yourself? Yeah. I want to make sure I was right. Interesting. What I do you mean? I said the average NBA length, career length was four-ish years. So it's four and a half, according to Google. That's about right. Throughout um, the years, 4,500 players have made it to the league throughout the NBA's history. While some, as shown below, have played for a long time, others have had much shorter spurts. Both ends of the spectrum mean the average player sticks around for four and a half years. That's actually amazing to think that only 4,500 people have ever put on an NBA jersey. Yeah, that can't be right. No, no it, it is, is right. right. That is right. I mean, there's 450 guys in the league right now. You yeah, I mean, 4,500. The, the turnover isn't yearly, no, I know, annual. But yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's it's not right. Like the, the I mean, this year, I get every it. Year. I know. No, this year jumped up a little bit because of all the COVID stuff, yeah. and more, you know, more people got opportunities, which I think is awesome. Unequivocally, a great. It's the thing. most NBA players we've had in a long time. Yeah, but ever, I, ever. I think that stat is amazing. That only okay, let's say now it's forty six hundred people have ever worn an NBA jersey. Think about all the people. Well, oh, I have a good I've question. Worn a jersey. Okay, da- so we hung out with Davis's dad the other day and his brother. And Evan brought it up, right? I don't know where you're going with this. That if you made it NCAA tournament, this is incredible. This is mind blowing. Yeah. This. Oh this? yeah. If you did an yeah. NCAA tournament with the world population, yeah, it would take thirty rounds, thirty-five-ish rounds, yeah, to win. Dude, Eight billion people. You I'm going to, far. I'm going deep you into only that have to tournament. You have to win thirty games. games to be the number one player, one in, the player in the world. And think about some of the draws you'd get in the early so, rounds. Uh, like I could make it to the. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm winning five rounds. And then at the same time, like LeBron can match up against and Michael f- Jordan in the first round right, when they unlucky. Which Imagine the poor soul that does get matched up with like yeah, Kyrie yeah, in round right. one. Like. It's all about your draw. <laughs> I'll say this. It also shows kind of like how ridiculous the NCAA tournament is and how hard it is to win. How difficult it is to win. Right. I almost think I the opposite. I, I don't. Th- I mean, I think it's definitely difficult to win, but I think it more so shows that it's just like how random it is. Random, yeah. yeah that it's like truly seeding the draw. That's what I mean. And everything. 30. But I mean, I, with that being said, it is interesting though how like, and I know it doesn't happen every year, but like more often than not, at the end of the season, I think you're able to be like, 
all right, well, like probably the best team won. I don't know about Kansas, but like Baylor last Whoa. year. So, I mean, Kansas was well, a one uh, seed. What if we would have like won Baylor it. last year going into the tournament? I think yeah, everyone yeah, was fair. like they're the best team in the country. Villanova in 2018, for example. That was nice, nice. Uh, we didn't guys, get that one. Uh, guys, all their games were double digits. That was uncalled for. It's just. I it, mean, I was going to bring that up too, though. It just felt unfair. And they were. I mean. No, they were so good. He's not lying. No, they were good. Six. That actually wasn't even intended to be a. Does that Duncan? Does that, does that still bother you? That game it doesn't like bother me. Like not like you can't fall asleep, but like I think about it for sure. Me too. Mostly, mostly just in terms of how <laughs> poorly I played. That's what really bothers me. Really? I mean, you played pretty well, didn't you? Or you didn't play well either. Well, you played better than me, but. I had a good first half, first first quarter. Well, we were, and right. I got tied real quick. Yeah, I mean, it's like, no, we're not pulling up stats for this game. <laughs> we're not doing this. Seriously, I refuse to have this. Happen. Are there even stats? You we don't, don't have to look game? over here. Um, I mean, yeah, that w- you had sixteen and seven. All right, dude. Like, <laughs> don't do it. No, I'm, it? I'm curious. What if? What did Dante Divincenzo have? He had thirty-two. Oh, yeah, yeah the shot selection. How was that? So you're telling me like when you're warming up and Dante's on the other end of the court, you don't have a moment of like, oh, fuck that guy. Oh, I, I hate I hate Dante. No, I, I'm just I I, I, I do. <laughs> I'm just flashbacks. I, I like that. He's I do team. always think of him, yeah. like not as the guy who played for the Bucks and now plays for the Kings, but the guy that right just went off on us. Yeah. like he'll always be that. He will. He's earned. And he, honestly, yeah, he's, he's earned, earned, that. earned that. He's like, earned that. I agree. But he, with that being said, I, I do think about that. Also, game. the best college be- bench player of all time after Devin Booker. Dude, oh, he right. came off the bench. Yeah. Wow. I don't think he's the best bench player of all time. No, but I'm just saying. Yeah, that. you know who you're talking to? I was sixth man of the year yeah, the big time. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Also, you know what's My crazy bad. is Colin Gillespie was on this team. That guy I, just played two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I knew that. A, a- Dog lookalike. Andrew yeah. Dockage, <laughs> By the way, shout out to Andrew Dockage. Uh, was named oh my God. an assistant coach at Illinois shout State. Shout out, Doc. Uh, our friends are so awesome. Yeah, yeah. Our friends are shout just, out Harry. just making moves. For yeah. Michigan the, the women. The Michigan women went to the Elite Eight. Come on. I mean, just talk about doing big things. Shout out to White. Yeah. Head coach. And Finished his first year as a, as a head coach. Look at the basketball Anyways. that we just created. I don't, I don't think about that game. Should we that shout much. out Jay just because? <laughs> sure but he's gonna be shout pissed if we didn't <laughs> shout out jay shout out joey <laughs> all right let's let's, let's keep, keep running what you got anything else for us mo huh do you have anything else for us anything you want to talk just about shut it up i like it I, I mean but is there anything that's like burning on your mind that you <laughs> no. really want to get off your chest what about you david is there anything yeah where i wanted to bring back to the the march madness thing who listens to this, first of all? Yeah, who knows, <laughs> this on a weekly basis. <laughs> Wait, we have like a feels strong like, community. It feels like a waste of time to me. Oh, it's it's fun doing me wrong. Say, oh, yeah, my wh- God. Yeah, why are you on. slandering the yeah, show you that you're that? a part of right now? I'll tell you what, this is your last appearance. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We're cutting you off. No, I want to be on the pod again before George Niang. That's my only... You keep slandering us, and that's not going to happen. Honestly, George is... Probably going to make an appearance this summer at some point. So if that's the case, you're going to well, have to come back. Should we do soon. A, that's yeah, we could do that. At everyone together. That's well, true. A Hamptons edition. That would be fun. Well, I wasn't going to give away a location. Yeah, I don't know why you would disclose our location like that. Because you guys talked about it on the George Niang podcast. Anyway, yeah, that's let's, true. Let's we did. I, was, I listened to Dave. That what's on your mind? I have a couple things on my mind. I want to go back to nil real quick. Okay. Because I think that's interesting, and you guys have interesting perspective on. Actually, that. Actually, I want to interrupt you. If you could have, if you could have had one nil deal from one company and one brand in college, what would it have been? It's a way better question than what you're going to come up with, and I want to open it up for you too. Okay, good. <laughs> and I have mine. No, I want yours first. Stella Artois. <laughs> no, what would you pick? Volkswagen. I would go the crazy route and just go and say. Either a watch company, like a very, is that fucked up? I mean, it's just not like practical. Like, whoa, why do right. you say that? I mean, you're gonna be a college student, like rolling the class. I like guess a it's a little twenty thousand yeah, dollar Rolex. It's like sweet, idea. dude. Like, <laughs> I want something that's like practical. Like that, that would be sweet. 
like a helicopter and just pull up to fucking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. So pull up to Rags in a, hel- a helicopter. What do you mean, like convenient? Yeah, why are you squashing all right, just keep, all, right, all right, all right, you're right. It tells me the time. Right, just pick whatever <laughs> brand you want. You've, ruined, you've sabotaged my question. No, no. Um, I, uh, I'll think of something. You go first. Chipotle. That's a great answer. That's a good one. Thank That's you. a great answer. That was going to be kind of the, the avenue. <laughs> I admit that's the big That difference. I was going down. Where, where were you going with this? Well, I hadn't really thought it all the way through, but now that I'm thinking, I'm 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 gonna say Zingerman's. No, because it's so unoriginal. After he's my just answer. trying to like get a deal out of it or something like no, through I'm the not. podcast. No, I'm not. You know what I mean? But think about it. By like, the way, Demo sold. Yeah, you know Demo's about that really? Yeah, it's tragic. That is. Tragic. Uh, well, I'm happy for him. But anyways, I think Zingerman's would be great because you could have like team get-togethers. You could get things catered. You could always have a free meal. I just feel like that would be. Well, I feel like you can get more out of that, though. Like, you can do that even without a deal, you know what I mean? Like, if I get an NIL deal in college, I'm thinking long-term. Like, how do I set myself up for the future? Not knowing that I go to the NBA, right? Like, these okay. kids so make what's your answer? money money. So, what's your answer? I don't know, some real estate deal or some nice, He's like, He's kind that. of reached this point where I actually really respect your mentality on life. I think you have a really good perspective on things but he gives some of these cheesy answers yeah. that are like technically good answers but they're just what do you mean they're, they're kind of like cutter. they're kind of yeah they're kind of like baked into a media answer but right. you like try to present them in a way where it's not a full-blown media answer but you're you're really Sorry just that instead of chipotle i want a house like <laughs> but it, you know what it is it's performative <laughs> you're, you're really just trying to put on this charade of like that you're this this intellectual, uh, you know, you have your I coffee mean, here, you have your pastries, like you have this whole vibe that you've now curated and created uh, that you're really just trying well, to push. He's also wearing a Budweiser shirt, so maybe we're giving say, a little. It just shirt. seems a little disingenuous. Oh, well, whatever. I, w- I would just say, like, think about college kids now. I, they make more, they get more out of NIL. It's like life changing money they get. I know, but I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about like strictly if it was convenience. If it was just product. I mean, honestly, the easy one would be a car, a car company. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the best one. You get a car. I, but if you're gonna I go mean, a car, why not just go a step higher to helicopter, like he said? That's what I'm saying. Because then what? You're gonna pay for a pilot. You don't have that. That's well, it comes with the deal. deal. Obviously. Dave, I'm fired up that Indochino continues to support our podcast, uh, a fantastic brand that simply just makes fantastic clothing, custom clothing, everything you need, suits, pants, shirts, they got it all. And I'm a huge fan of the brand. Uh, I've done multiple different pieces, sets, outfits, the whole thing, including actually wearing an Indochino shirt and suit on your special day, which is a memory I'll never forget. I don't know if you remember, Dunk, but I, too, was in an Indochino suit on my wedding day. And I want to pump my own tires too much. I don't want to do that. No, you look sharp. I looked pretty sharp. Nah. Some of that I think I deserve some credit for, but a lot of credit goes to Indochino. The stuff just fits you perfectly. It's measured to your customizations. They got a bunch of different awesome styles, a bunch of different awesome clothes, not just nice suits, but they got casual pants. They got casual shirts, everything you need to be looking sharp for any occasion. I'd probably say about 10% goes to you of the credit and 90% Indochino. Maybe 95. They make the process incredibly easy. You basically just show up to one of their showrooms, get the measurements, go through the whole process, point and shoot, pick what you like. And before you know it, you have a fully customized wardrobe headed your way. So check this out. Because you listen to this podcast and you're a part of our community, we have a little... uh, gift that we'd like to give you all through Indochino. And that's this season you have the opportunity to dress to impress on every occasion with Indochino. You get $50 off any purchase of $3.99 or more by using promo code LS at Indochino.com. That's $50 off a purchase of $3.99 or more at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Promo code LS. All right, here's my NIL question. Do you guys think that it evens the playing field 
it's or exasperate question. exasperates the gap between like high major because there's no way the money's even close to the same. I've seen two different takes on this, and I think you could probably argue it either way. Like you could say, for example, that Central Michigan might be able to pay one player more than what that same player would get yeah, out Michigan. of Michigan because they're like a lower tier yeah. prospect relative to their counterparts. Right, like you're so a like, star in that market. Yeah, like you're a star in the Central Michigan market. Yeah. Therefore, they're, you're getting the, every one of the best deals that's coming through the door for Central Michigan. But if you're at Michigan, you're fighting for bread with five stars and so on and so forth. Now, there's also probably an ar argument that there's no shortage of money at Michigan. So right. there's enough for everybody to eat. But I don't know. I mean, I think we will probably have to see how it plays out before we can actually answer that. I think all of it's speculative at this point. But. I will say... In in terms of like looking at the pros, I think it's cool. It's a cool opportunity because it kind of takes away the element of money. Like nobody's going to the pros just sole for the for the reason of money because they can make some in college as That's well. That's a good point. So if they feel truly feel like they can develop better in college, they now have an opportunity to do both in college. Um, I'm not sure how much that applies to obviously how much that applies to players, but I do think that is cool. I don't know why you're smiling at me like that. I just like, I have this like older generation take just stuck in my mind of like how somehow the integrity of the game is now tarnished because like kids can make 50 well, grand a year, which obviously they were making I, I don't agree with. I mean, they were making 50 grand beforehand. You, it was just no, shoe boxes, not true, in Chipotle. But that's my, fair. But my point being is like, I just think that's such a ridiculous take of like, now that the integrity yeah. of the game is somehow... What about the transfer portal? Does that take away the integrity of college basketball? I will say the transfer portal right now, from everything I've heard, and I'm not super tapped in, is absolute chaos. I mean, you got teams who are bringing back two guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's stupid. I, mean, I, think, I think one of the bigger issues, I think, with the transfer portal is the actual the mid-major transfers because you have everybody who basically averages more than 11 points a game thinking that they can go play high major and get drafted the next year. Where and then go to Texas and lose in the first round in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> right. Wow, Texas just taking straight. I mean, no, <laughs> but that bothers me too. Like, these high major teams, instead of recruiting young, they go to mid-major colleges and say, we'll just take everybody who already has played for three years and you go to the NCAA tournament and it just, it's not college. And me. then what does it do for incoming freshman classes? when scholarships are going to... Well, that's what I, I was actually talking to my former AAU coach and good friend, Mike Crotty, who runs an incredible program based out of Boston. Shout out Mike Crotty. The Middlesex Magic. Uh, and he was saying it's never been harder to get a scholarship for kids coming out of high school because you have all these teams, they're basically treating it like free agency roster flexibility. You know how like teams going into a big free agent class want to maintain, they don't want to lock guys in for long-term deals. It's like, why would I... I'm trying to free up as many scholarships as possible because... This summer, there's going to be so much transition from this program to that program. Like, it's just going to be crazy. At, um, the, at the same time, I go back and forth with that because there have been so many, like, cases that I've gotten to know of players in college where they're not happy in college, but they also can't transfer because then that means they can't play for another year. Yeah. That yeah. I'm, like, going back and forth. Like it's just what it is, right? Like it's it's a free world. Like you can do what what you want, and if if everybody wants to transfer, then that's what we all doing. Like I guess that's just how it is. I don't really understand. I mean, but you're right. I don't the free agency stuff. It's annoying too. You know what I think? I think they should propose a new rule because I do think. I like the big pushback, right? Of having a player sit out was that like, oh well, a coach can leave and coach the next year. They should have coaches that change schools. They also have to sit out a year. Whoa. That way it's an even playing field. I like it. I'm like half joking, but like the idea, because I sat out a so year. So Hubert Davis wouldn't have been able to coach this year? No, because he got promoted. Okay. Like, why don't we just lock in like just a little Didn't bit? Didn't you just say. No, change. I'm saying if you, if you change one program and go to the other, then you have to sit, you have to sit out a year as a coach. And I don't know who coaches for that year in between. I mean, we're pushing it. <laughs> we're pushing the narrative here. But the, the idea is because I actually am a believer that 
that year that I sat out was a transformative year for me. It was a huge difference maker and it allowed me to hit the ground running for the year that I actually did play at Michigan. I wouldn't have been ready to just come in and play. Now I, I was unique in some cases. I know other guys are more ready than I was to just come in and play. But it also like, there is something where it takes away from the college spirit of like, I think the one thing that's so unique about college basketball is that you've like really endured a lot with your group. Like, especially once you put in years upon years, like by the time I was a senior, you were a junior, like we had been through so much shit together that it was like, you know, we basically both redshirted for a year, hardly played. Yeah. Then we like worked our way up. You a little bit faster than I did. <laughs> we were in an arbor in May. Yeah, we were Work in an arbor all summer. And it's like, there's something special about that. And sure. I'm not, I, once again, I'm totally for player empowerment. I think players should get paid, all that sort of stuff. But I do think that like, just, you know what, hit a little adversity. I'm changing schools well, because I can is I, also like problematic. I'm all for that. But like... We also saying this sitting in these chairs in your very expensive house in Miami, and we both play in the sure. NBA, and yeah. a lot of people like work their asses off too and never got to play. Sure. So I always think like, yeah, that's a cool argument, but it's easy to say for us. Very. No, it's incredibly easy for me to say, just sitting here, and I have. I, I like that. I no one's holding me accountable to what I'm saying. Well, I just and I, and I appreciate you I doing so. I just that's but. not fair. You're gonna have. You're gonna hear about it. Yeah. All right, I have another question. Okay. I do this for my fucking city. Oh, it's an all-time. That's a great time transition because that's an all-time Michigan moment. And we didn't talk about it last time. We didn't we talk about it last time. Great picture, by the way. Can I can I tell it from my perspective? Yeah, 100%. And then you can. Can you paint the picture? Because I don't. Not oh, I'm, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. Uh, and then you can put forth your rebuttal, and then maybe Davis, you can kind of be the mediator. Yeah, I, can I leave? I <laughs> so basically, what happened was uh, Big Ten tournament semifinal, a Saturday bout against our rival Michigan State. It's probably eight forty-five, nine o'clock. Yeah, a seven p.m. tip. 67 degrees, slightly cloudy. Yeah. We're looking at a, a, mid, a mid-March day. Uh, maybe early March. No, probably mid-March. Uh, anyways, it's late in the game. We're holding off the Spartans. Moe's playing really well. He hit a ridiculous shot, like fading out of bounds. Do you remember that one? Oh, shit. You guys are a, what, you're a four seed or three, five? I don't know exactly what we were. Michigan State was a one, two. No, Purdue was one. Yeah, we played all four. Anyways, game's coming down to the wire. I think we're up eight at the time. Uh, there's probably like a little bit under a minute, maybe a little bit over, right around the minute mark. Tom Izzo's got that look on his yeah, face. Yeah, they're, kind of <clears throat> they're kind of in desperation mode. <clears throat> we start uh, swinging the ball around. They're not like trying to foul, but they're like trying to like be aggressive and get a turnover. And... I take advantage of them being a little bit over aggressive. Explosive. I'm not used to just being able to just drive by people, but in this case, he had kind of like went for a steal, missed it, and I just had a clean lane. And then he turned around and just tried to hack, like a kind of like a, uh, I don't know, maybe go for a strip, whatever. I get fouled, lay it up, and one. Once again, don't get a lot of those either. So I have this opportunity. I, I it's like a right-handed drive down the right alley, and I and I circle. I circle left, and all of my entire family, all the Michigan fans, friends and family are seated in this one specific area. And I go and address everyone. My family's too, there too now. Before you. Most, most family's there as well. And I go to address everyone in... I have chills just, just talking about it. It was truly a special moment. It was like a culmination moment of like so much. It's my senior season, the opportunity to go play for a Big Ten Tournament Championship. We just knocked off our rival. There's a lot of emotions in this game as you well. You had just beaten them single-handedly. And, and I step up into the moment. I'm looking all of them, and I, I almost like black out. Like, right? Because <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm going to say, and I don't even know. Like I have no plan. So I just, I just scream. I say, I do this for my fucking city. As I'm yelling at all my people, all my family, all my friends who are there. It's an East Coast game. It's in New York City. They drove down about five and a half hours. 
I don't know what I was referring to. I don't really, I mean, I come from a, a quaint town uh, in, in of Newcastle, New Hampshire, about under a thousand people. Population of 981, according <laughs> yeah. to Google. We're, we're that's, that's 2018. We're over a thousand now. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like two miles long, dude. It's tiny. So it's really not that many people. So maybe my city, maybe the city I was referring to was Boston. I've spent a lot of time in Boston. I kind of call that my, my like pseudo city. But anyways, I have this great moment. I scream so loud to the point where I actually get lightheaded. But then Mo just breaks onto the scene almost like in one motion, sweeping motion, like knocks me to the side <laughs> and just starts screaming and flexing. Once again, this is alluding to what happened earlier. He wasn't even in this play. So he has a propensity to do this because he did the same thing with the Doncic thing. He was just talking <laughs> shit. He was in no way involved in this play. And he just, it, I believe it was coined stolen valor. I it, did, it did see a moment. It was a moment for me to finally, you know, I, get, I finally get my and one, uh, the coveted and one. And I have a moment to just address my family. And Mo just comes in and just steals my moment. And Makes of course, because he's the seven foot German who's all American and all this stuff, the camera just goes to him. Right. And, he, and he, had, he had nothing to do with the play. Uh, Nonetheless, I still I, I cherish the moment because there is a picture of the two of us kind of having it. That's why I did it. It's the picture salvages it a little bit, but the video you can see it's like you're trying to make it. <laughs> no, it is you. a very uncomfortable scene, um, and I will say it wasn't uh, intended to steal your moment. It was more like to enjoy it with you, and I grab you. You can see on the video. like throw me to the no, side. No, no, and you walk away to shoot the free throw, and it looks like I'm literally throwing you away. Like, give me the scene. Give me the stage, but it's not. That's not what it was intended. Are you looking it up? Please yes. don't. You were trying. I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to. Well, it made it worse was your little podcast friends from because Duncan started this. Uh, okay, second disrespectful comment to the po- our little podcast. No, friends? No, 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 we're not talking about different. you. We're not talking right. about the long shot. Uh, that was Duncan's podcast. Mark Titus, ah. Tate Frazier. Yeah, you can disrespect them. <laughs> I didn't disrespect Titus, them. I'm just saying. Titus and Tate basically went on their pod the next day and like this was an ongoing thing for a year and a half like, like Duncan kept coming back to them and was throwing shade at that situation <laughs> <laughs> I was making trying to get back at me, you dude you took making my- fun of me which is alright I can take it I'm just saying that really hurt um, and yeah it wasn't that bad it's not worth looking up it's not you're, you're not even right, barking up the right tree right, over there fine, sorry um, but yeah I mean it was Nonetheless, looking back, it's like it is a fun memory. Incredible um, game too. By the way. It was a great game, but in the moment, it was like, damn man, like that. Yeah, like, let him have his. You're moment. like a Big Ten Player of the Year candidate. You're like gonna. Get, I wasn't. You're gonna get picked overall at this point. I'm like thinking this is probably my last, my last yeah. go with the game of basketball. Hey, Holy, here now. we come. Like we're yeah. sitting in your, in your golden, t- in your golden house with golden tables golden. and chairs. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is like. <laughs> polyester or whatever that's called. <laughs> cheap I'm glass uh, anyways that was fun that yeah, was, was great stuff. that's all I got NBA playoffs who you got careful I, I like the Atlanta Hawks in the first round <laughs> 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 no I'm just kidding I uh, um, I tried to tell Mo that it's not uh, even locked in that we're playing the Hawks why no, would you throw shade at the Cavs <laughs> like that or Whatever. the Hornets I just it don't matter um I will say it's very interesting. This is going to be a great playoffs. I think that every year, but this year, is, it's mm-hmm. going very interesting, I think. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I do think the Phoenix Suns are the team to beat, though. Phoenix Suns are really good. I oh, agree. my God. Who you got coming out of the East? I go back and forth on this. I do think Miami Heat is going to make a deep run. I think the matchups are aligned perfectly. Um, maybe we'll I- get a little long shot friend of the program matchup in the second round with George Niang. Yeah. Um, uh, I do like Brooklyn. I'm not gonna lie. Like, who can't like them, right? Like watching them, it's just so. No, impressive. Kyrie in that playing game. I mean, both Kyrie I and mean, KD are just. I, I'll tell you this: Kyrie in that playing game, you should have seen him in Orlando three weeks ago. That's true. What do you? That guy has 38 in the first half. Yeah. He had 60 points. 60. Yeah. Where does that rank in three quarters? In most impressive performances, you've been a part of like, like in the game don't count my pickup performances at michigan because i know those are pretty <laughs> impressive no i mean this 
I don't know, the sheer like detail of I don't know, it, it is insane. Like you could there was nothing we could have done to stop him. Um he could have he played three quarters. So he got subbed out at like ten thirty in the fourth yeah. quarter. When he finally hit the sixty, we were so happy that he's out of the game. There's nothing you can do at that point. Um yeah, I think he started like six for six from three. <laughs> what are you supposed to do against that? No. So uh yeah, it was impressive. But it's also like this fine line of it's impressive and you're pissed off because you don't want to get um, embarrassed like that on television. But it is what it is. And then next day, next game, we were so mad that we let Sadiq Bey score 50 the next <laughs> game. <laughs> never so, again. So. All right, never again. <laughs> yeah. Next and then, night. And then Sadiq Two Bey comes hours in. hours later. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that oh, was, uh, and then good, Vic had forty. Oh, and then yeah. Vic had forty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was a weird, vi- weird game, though. Uh, still forty. Yeah. All right, Moritz. I appreciate you joining us as always. That was fun. Um, you ate those cones during this yeah. thing. Uh, they were delicious. Too. I didn't even really know. Thank you. I mean, you didn't make them, but well, I contributed to them being here. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> How? <laughs> Anyways. Uh, appreciate you joining us. What an incredible way to kick off your off season. I'm going to a Justin Bieber concert tonight. Second yeah, time, true. by the Biebs. way. Gotta love Bieber fever, baby. I'm a believer. As a rock star. Um, rock all right. Appreciate you joining us. Check us out tomorrow. Moritz will not be with us on the follow through, uh, but it'll still be a good time. Maybe not as good of a time, <laughs> but still a good time. Cheers. Cheers.